When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. All right, fans, welcome in. This is Red Sox Beat again, of course, for CLNS Radio. And this episode, as always, is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting, of course, casper.com backslash Celtics and enter that promo code Celtics to get your $50 off. Full crew again this week, of course. The computer was broken last week. Unfortunately, I could not join the show. Those two filled in admirably doing this recording the show at midnight so i feel bad for that i don't know why that ended up happening but they did it and they did it well it was a great show last week we got a lot on tap so both of you how are you doing doing well doing just fine <laughs> got some baseball to talk about which is great all right i love baseball i love baseball so, um, baseball show that's right exactly exactly don't forget of course you can find us on twitter at red Sox underscore beat old twitter followers make sure you go follow the new handle um, we changed it up. Nice, clean, new Twitter. Facebook, of course, the Red Sox beat as well. Podcast, Tumblr, um, subscribe on iTunes. Um, and Stitcher, of course, is as always, uh, I ask you to do that every week, and it's a big favor. So if you could do that, that'd be great. Um, so uh, let's uh, let's move on. We had a good amount of baseball this week. You guys tried to predict what was going to happen last week on the show. Um, Jess was right for some of it. So, Jess, I'm going to let you do a little recap here and kind of catch our listeners up on what happened. Yeah. All right. So where we left off last week was... The ALCS was done with three games, and the NLCS was done with two. So I got a little bit of each one. I think we'll start with the ALCS, because it was the more exciting series, I would say, in terms of competitive baseball. Um, so it was 2-1 to one at the time, and at that point we predicted what would happen in the, ser- the rest of the series, as the Royals were up 2-1 to one over the Blue Jays. I predicted Kansas City would win in six. Lauren predicted Toronto would win in seven. Well, if you know what happened, you know that Kansas City won in six, which I said. So I feel pretty solid about that. So let's catch you up on what happened. Uh, game four was nuts. Let's just say that. It's probably the best way to say it. Kansas City already holding a 2-1 lead, and they were in Toronto for game four. And Kansas City won game four 14-2. So in case Toronto thought that they were going to tie up the series... Uh, Kansas City said, statement game, nope. So, it happened early and often. Really, actually, early and late, if you want to be precise about it. The uh, Royals scored four runs in the first inning, courtesy of a Ben Zobrist home run and a couple other small things. Lorenzo Cain scoring a pass ball, Mike Moustakis hitting a sack fly. Alex Rios went long ball in the second inning, it was 5 nothing. Well, uh, Toronto tried to come back, they attempted. They got two runs back in the third. But that's all you get for the rest of the game. And then Kansas City scored nine runs in the last three innings, which was a big punch-out in that game. Uh, they got a sack fly, scoring wild pitch, 
RBI single and another sack fly in the seventh. Then in the eighth, another sack fly and RBI, two RBI single for Lorenzo Cain, and then two RBI single for Alcides Escobar in the ninth. 14-2 final. Toronto used five, uh, six pitchers, and none of them really did well except Liam Hendricks. R.A. Dickey started and went in 1.2 innings to go with five runs, and Latroy Hawkins pitched zero innings to go with three runs, and Ryan Tapera pitched an inning and two-thirds and he got up four runs. A really ugly game for them. Kansas City took that 14-2. So they were up 3-1. to one. So now Lawrence, Toronto, and 7 was going to have to be a three straight wins for Toronto, just like they did in the ALDS. And they tried their best on Wednesday. They got back in the series with a 7-1 to one win. Once again in Toronto, because it's the 2-3-2 series. Two home, three home, two home. So Toronto was the home game for the third time. And Marco Estrada was dominant in this game. He was exactly what they needed. He pitched seven and two-thirds innings, only giving up three hits and one run. And for the Royals, Edson Volquez gave up five runs and four walks and five innings. Not nearly as sharp as Estrada was. He had them all over the place all game. And Toronto got a call bellow home run in the second. They got four runs in the sixth. And that's all they needed. They got a couple more and won seven to one. So that brought us into game six, which is back in Kansas City. Toronto trying to tie the series at three. Kansas City trying to go to the World Series. And this was an excellent, excellent, excellent game six. It was a great game. Uh, ben Zobris put Kansas City up one nothing in the first, the home run. Mike Moustakis put him up 2 nothing in the second with a home run. Moustakis' home run was a little debate about it, whether it cleared the wall. The guy who caught the ball said it cleared the wall. Can, uh, Toronto fans weren't happy with it and didn't think so. But the call stood. It was a home run. Jose Batista got Toronto back within two to one with a Jose uh, with a uh, home run in the fourth, and then Kansas City got a big run in the seventh. Alex Rios RBI single to put Kansas City up three to one, but then Jose Batista hit a two-run homer in the eighth inning to tie it at three, and Toronto was feeling good. David Price got bailed out. He started, gave up three runs, and was out of the game at that point. So it was tied at three, and then at the bottom of the eighth. Eric, uh, Lorenzo came was at first base with Eric Hosmer up, and Hosmer hit kind of a routine hit to right field, and Jose Batista got to it, and instead of throwing home, he threw to second, and Lorenzo Kane took advantage of it, and he went all the way from first to home on the throw to second base, and then they threw it home and didn't get him in time. So he scored, which is incredible, put him up 4-3 in the eighth inning. So they said he had three more outs, and those three outs were not easy to get in the least. Because here's the thing about it. Wade Davis came in the inning before, and then there was a rain delay, and then they brought him back in for the ninth inning to try to finish it off because that's how much faith they have in him. Well, in the ninth inning, Russell Martin got an RBI. Uh, he got, sorry, just a single. And then Dalton Pompey pinch ran, stole second, stole third. Kevin Pillar walked, and then Deanna Navarro struck out, and Pillar stole second. So they had second and third with one out, just needing one run to tie the game to take the lead. And then Ben Revere was up, and it was a 2-0 count. Sorry, it was a 2-1 count. And he took a pitch that was kind of high and away, and umpire Jeff Nelson called it a strike. Revere couldn't believe it, and then he struck out in the next pitch. Josh Donaldson grounded out in the next batter, and Kansas City won 4-3. Incredible job by Davis to get out of the jam. Ben Revere was not having it. He was totally angry about it, even after the game. Couldn't believe it, but... Umpiring is umpiring, and stuff happens to both teams, and the Royals got that one. They won, and they on to the World Series. Uh, so upsetting. I'm sorry, but the Royals are so boring. See, I just don't I don't agree with that. I think they're exciting. I think they're a great team. 
I don't think they're boring, but I just really wanted the Blue Jays to go. The Blue Jays are more fun. They have all the offense. That's just more entertaining to me. But I'm pitching with championships, so... That's why the Mets are going to win. Huh. That's right. We'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this this series had everything. Um, obviously, the NLCS didn't really give us too much, and we'll talk about that again then after. But this series was this round for us, and we got six good games. Um, I don't think anyone can argue the fact that this game, this series should have gone six or seven, and it did, and I'm happy it did. Um, if I was on the show last week, I probably would have picked Toronto in 7-2, Lauren, so don't be alone on that one. Um, See, nobody picks but, the Royals, and that's why I'm always right. <laughs> but they... Look, the Kansas City Royals showed why they were there last year and they were, why they were um, one game away from winning last year. They, they want to go back and prove that they deserve to be there, and it's not a fluke, and it wasn't. So clearly they're going back, and I don't like them to win over the Mets, but they, hey, they're, they're, they're there for a reason. Yeah, I love the story. I mean, 29 years straight, or sorry, 28 years straight of no playoff appearances and now back-to-back World Series appearances. Awesome. They're, they're fun. They're great. They get great pitching. They get great hitters. They get, they get situational hits, they hit fastballs like crazy, they're never out of a game, they're just the scrappiest bunch of players, and they just have a smart ball club, they just seem to know what to do in every situation, which is all you can ask for in a ball club, and that's why I've been riding them all last year and this year, because I just, I love how they play, and I love how they're always in games, like they never think they're out of a game, which is the sign of a great team, and that's why I picked them over Toronto, and that's why I thought they were better, because Toronto was less experienced, and they were you know, all offense, and their pitching was questionable at times. And, you know, you can't get down in every series by two games, and Kansas City was up 3-1, to one and you're not going to win many series against a team like Kansas City when you're down 3-1. to one. It's uh, it's Cueto's time to step up now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it <laughs> I'm so excited for that. They, I don't know, I, I, I want him to do well in the World Series. I want the Reds, I don't really know if I want the Red Sox to get him, per se. If we want to keep this kind of Red Sox tied there, I don't know if I really want him. If he's the number one guy, I'd rather someone else, a la David Price or Jordan Zimmerman or someone like that. But we'll see what the Red Sox plan is for that. But either way, we're always going to the World Series. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about with this series that really kind of stood out to you guys? This series, no. I mean, it, it, was, it was fun because it was tense. And after the whole fiasco in Toronto, I just thought it added more. But... I don't know. Was, I think it was everything you wanted in a series. Yeah, was Alcides Escobar, uh, what a series for him. He got MVP of the ALCS. He was 11 for 23, almost 506 games. Very impressive. Yep. This, um, that last game was very, and this series was one very Royals-esque, using the backside of their bullpen and really working hard to get to those that closer. And like it, that's how they win the games, and that's why they are so good, because they've built that bullpen up. So it's kind of impenetrable. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and this so this series obviously was great for us. Um, this was kind of what we wanted to watch and what we expected from both series. The NLCS <laughs> not too friendly compared to the ALCS, at least for one team. Um, I wanted Cubs to win. I think everyone wanted the Cubs to win. Uh, looks like though, just it's going to be another year. Yeah, this was definitely a series that everyone thought was going to be close, and they thought it would be a great battle between two teams that aren't there often and two teams that have been playing great. Uh, we were through two games last show, uh, the Daniel Murphy show. He hit two home runs in the series already off Lester and Arietta, and four games in a row off Kershaw, Grinky, Lester, and Arietta. We we went nuts over Murphy in that that show, and uh, every we had every right to do that because he just kept doing it. So it was two nothing Mets. They won game one four two, game two four to one. 
So which brought us into Game 3, which is in Chicago. So you think, all right, they need to get one back here, make it a 2-1 to series. Now they're in Chicago, it's all good. And didn't happen. Mets won 5-2. to two. They got out early. Jonas uh, Cespedes got an RBI double in the first. But Carlos Schwarber had a home run in the fir- bottom of the first to tie it at one. And then, guess who? Daniel Murphy. <laughs> right. Hit another home run in the third inning. Again. Like we hadn't he hadn't done it enough. Incredible. That put him up two to one. And all of his all of his home runs were all huge. Like they were either like game leaders in like the seventh or eighth inning or broke a tie. Like they were all clutch, which made it even more impressive. So that put him up two to one and then Jorge Soler hit a home run of his own in the bottom of the fourth. He had a great series too, or great playoffs. That tied the game at two. But that's all the Cubs would get, and the Mets got three more runs in the sixth and seventh innings. Just good baseball. Uh, Jacob Degrom shut the Mets down. The, uh, sorry, shut the Cubs down for the Mets the rest of the way. He pitched seven innings, four hits, two runs, seven strikeouts, dominant always. And that was the problem with the Cubs. And Jared, I know you said this at work the other day. You said they they needed to win a Lester Arrieta game because now they were yep. they were hoping for a Kyle Hendricks win against Jacob Degrom, who's one of the best pitchers in the league. Yeah, and that's kind of the problem when you face the Mets. You have four guys legitimately back to back, and that's what that's why I think they're going to win the whole thing because you don't have a break. You don't have a, a game where you can go, okay, this is a, let's get on them early and get some runs here. The Cubs only have two guys, and, and look, this they they were getting by and they were running on a good story, but they kind of all their kind of problems came out in one series in the NLCS. The lack of just another another starter pitching. Um, I would say a veteran bat bullpen help like there's a bunch of still a bunch of holes in that Cubs team and look they weren't expect to win this year that, that those holes were going to be filled in time but they overachieved this year so you can't really knock them for losing like this because they just weren't really prepared for this next step yet yeah you're right with the like experience back because they have a bunch of young guys but when you face really good pitchers those guys kind of go crawl crawl in the hole and you know maybe the occasional home run but they just didn't get many hits period which obviously led to no runs so that brought us into game four Last game of the series, as it turned out, uh, and that game just, it wasn't close. It was they needed to win, and they just went the opposite direction. The Mets won eight to three. They scored four runs in the first and two in the second. Lucas Duda hit a three a three run homer, and then Travis Darno hit a solo home run in the first. And then Duda was back at it again in the second with a two RBI double, and it was six nothing before people could even sit down. It's like, oh, I thought the Cubs were going to try to make this a series, so. It was 6 nothing, and then Cubs got one run back in the fourth. It was 6-1, and then dun, 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 Daniel Murphy. No. <laughs> <laughs> again, <laughs> two-run homer in the eighth inning. And once again, it didn't give them the lead. It didn't break a tie, but they were up 6-1, to one, and the Cubs still had the slightest bit of hope, and he just crushed their soul with a two-run homer to make it 8-1. to one. Perfect timing for them. His sixth straight game with a home run. Absolutely incredible. The guy is amazing. Now, Lauren, I asked just this off air. I think it was at work. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was. Um, w- the Mets aren't aren't going after this guy. They already said that they don't want him back. If you're if you're Dave Dombrowski, you take a look at him. I don't see why not. I mean, what do you have to lose? What do you, when... Where do you put him then? Right, he's not going to play second. Mm, that's true. I don't know. We can put him where uh, we can put him in left with Hanley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, if if the Red Sox were to do that, <laughs> it would be a third-base situation, which isn't going to happen, or it would be a time where you trade Petey, and that's not, I don't that's think that's going to happen. happen. No, it's, I'm still all for it's it, not worth but it. then on record, still all worth it, but 
that would be the only situation I think that would make sense. Yeah, that's the thing with Murphy is like, yeah, he's a good player, but he's had an extra special playoffs, and there's no saying this will happen again. And if you get him and say like trade a guy like Pedroia, and then he doesn't do well, that's going to go over very poorly. He, yeah, so, that's why I think it's risky. He's like yeah, it definitely. He's is. like the opposite of David Price. Like he does, you know, he's, he's amazing <laughs> in the playoffs, and he's like whatever. average in the regular season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Now you're totally but right. Jess wants guys to perform in the the, the, pre, the postseason. Well, so that's why true. wouldn't you? That's when it matters. Yeah, but if he's not gonna, if he's gonna suck all year, so then you're not gonna get there. I'd much rather have somebody who can perform in the playoffs and have a mediocre regular season any day of the week. If you have only like one of them and not a whole team of them. Well, yeah, I don't want a whole right. team Prob- of those people, but just the kind of the problem at the moment. I mean, um, I'd like to get an ace first, but that's the goal. Yeah, we can worry about Murphy but, afterwards, get a pitcher first. <laughs> but, but to shift back to the series for a second, guys, this was supposed to be, like, an epic series. This was going to be, like, this looked like it was going to be fun. Game, seven games of back and forth. Some looked like there was going to be a, a, maybe a start of a new rivalry there in the NL. Two teams who are young and look like they'd be poised to kind of be there for the next couple of years. And the Cubs just kind of stood back and just watched the Mets Take a crap all over them. They didn't. Like, this they didn't lead bad. the entire series. The no, Mets led this, every single inning in the entire series. This was bad, and I understand. Like I said, the Cubs were definitely undermanned. They weren't prepared. They weren't supposed to be there, so they weren't. They, they weren't filling all their holes this year. But the youth, the, the youth movement should have been a little better than this. Like those guys didn't step up at all. I don't think they forgot that they were supposed to like continue playing in the playoffs. They're like, oh, we won the first series, guys! Woohoo, go team! Yeah. And they're like, oh. The one thing that bugs me, too, though, is that, like, the Cubs fan base, obviously they really can't be mad because, I mean, they haven't won in like, 107 years. But, right. like, they, they, they like, go, oh, well, it's okay, we'll get them next year. Like, if remember when we guys, when we didn't win, like, we were all over them, all over the Red Sox. It was a constant, fix this, fix that, you guys need to win, stop sucking, stop getting, like, all this stuff. Cubs fans were like, oh, it was a good run. <laughs> yeah, they're okay with it. <laughs> like, seriously? They're happy enough with that. Like, we're not, because we're spoiled. Like, we are absolutely spoiled, and Chicago, the Cubs, are are not. So, like, yeah. Well, we, we weren't really spoiled in 2000. I mean, I guess they had the Super Bowls, but, like, that's it, though. Yeah, but like, there was always a team in the playoffs. There, they have the Blackhawks. There was always excited. Yeah, but baseball, like, we always had the Red Sox in the playoffs, too. True. They, the Red Sox were consistently at least there. Right. The Cubs just sucks forever, and they still, luckily, now they don't. But um, I just can't believe the yeah. series, like, literally every inning. Like, the Mets scored run a, a runner more in the first inning of every game. Like, they held a lead for every single inning of the entire series. That's my, I was that's so my mad about that. And I was so mad about that, too, because I was like, all right, this is the game. Let's get a Cubs <laughs> win, and we'll go from there. Let's get a Cubs win, or let's go from there. And right at the first start. Inning runs, oh. First inning runs. Right. I'm like, oh, well, that's over. <laughs> that's not happening. Like, come on, guys. That's terrible. I know. You can't get down in the first inning every game. You can't win that way. Such a shame. Yeah. And you guys, I would have picked probably the same that you did. So, yeah, I picked Cubs in seven, Lauren picked Cubs in six, so she picked them to win the next four games. I picked them to win four out of five, and what a joke. I mean, I might have I might have picked Mets in like six or seven just because I picked them to win the World Series. I kind of wouldn't have wanted to contradict myself, but I didn't think they were going to sweep the Cubs by any means. I just wanted to keep the dream alive, and I guess that was foolish because if I looked at it, I would have realized that the Mets had a lot better pitching. Yeah, <laughs> Mets had better pitching, and that's why they got there. And they have four guys who legitimately are aces on any other staff. Well, that's the thing. The Cubs have Lester and Arietta, but then they have Kyle Hendricks and Jason <sighs> Hamill and these other guys. Not crap and crap and crap. Yeah, not Degrom or Syndergaard or you know feel like that. So, what are you gonna do? And 
So th- there you go. The, the, the league championship series were just not really eventful. I mean, ALCS was eventful, but we kind of like the Blue Jays were always from behind, and it's tough to win like that. You're banking on offense, like the Blue Jays did, and you're not going to always win. NLCS Cubs were supposed to be there. This seemed like the year, Back to the Future, all that stuff, and just nothing happened. And so we, what we have is a World Series matchup starting on Tuesday, and it's Mets Mets Royals. And now the Mets have already announced their rotation. The Royals have not, as the last thing I've seen. Um, they're still figuring their, their stuff out. So what we have is a good matchup, though. And, Jess, you threw this up here on the pre-show prep list here, and I totally didn't realize this, but whoever wins, it's either a 29-year drought or a 30-year drought being broke, yep. which is cool. Uh, so, yeah, so the Royals, um, two World Series in a row. They haven't made the playoffs since 1985. That's kind of cool. Um, Mets' first World Series appearance since 2000 when they lost to the Yanks. Um, looking for the first win in the World Series since they beat, of course, your Ross and Red Sox in 1986. Um, thankfully, we won a few since then, or I'd still be a little bitter about that. <laughs> well, at least, at least um, we weren't alive for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We didn't witness Just that whole debacle. Just missed it. Just missed it. Uh, yeah, so did he at first base. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, you up too easy for that one. Um, okay, but guys, really, though, this World Series could be fun. This could be a very exciting, and I want to know what you guys are looking forward to the most. Like, I know there's a few things. I know I have a few things in my head. The most of things that get you so giddy to watch baseball for the World Series. Lauren, you go first. Uh, I was, I, it's two teams. Well, I mean, the Royals are fun to watch. They've been fun all year, and they go – Made the World Series last year, so that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. But the Mets, I I've always liked the Mets, and I'm really looking forward to the pitching matchups and maybe see if Daniel Murphy can continue this little hot streak he's on, or if he's going to all of a sudden be like, I don't know how to play anymore. Would you say a little hot streak? A little hot streak. I think you mean oh, itty bitty hot streak. What a cute little boy on hot streak! Oh my god, yeah, he's doing it. Look at him go. His adorable hot streak that he has going right now. His, sound like a, sound like a little league mother. His big manly streak. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's a little bit. <laughs> oh, look at my boy go. He's having such a good little week. I'm so oh, proud boy, of so him. Cute. Look at him hit the ball off the tee. He's doing so well. That's what you sound like, little league mother. Well, well yeah. You got to be like his monstrous, incredible, manly streak. The best, the <laughs> manliest streak I've ever seen. Mom. I don't want to be a Don't be a soccer mom. I will not be a soccer mom. But, yeah, no, I'm pitching Daniel Murphy. I love, I love the World Series. It's what I look forward to every year. And there's always something, something – good is going to happen, whether it's some kind of crazy robbery is going to come out of this or just going to be seven games or four games. It's, just, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, you never know how many games it's going to be. Um, I'm looking forward, well, first I'm looking forward to just seeing the, the Royals' urgency because their goal the entire year was to get back to the World Series after being just 90 feet away last year. <laughs> they were so close, all the way in Game 7, 90 feet away from tying the game, and they couldn't do it. Yes, it was the Giants' year. It was, every, it was what it was supposed to be. They weren't going to lose. It was their year to win. I know. We're, Next year, they're probably going to win too. Yeah, we'll see. Probably, but so I'm like, I'm looking forward to seeing their urgency to see how how they respond to that because this was their goal to get right back here, and they did exactly that, which is way difficult to do, which makes it even more impressive. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how their their clutch bats and their really good hitters do against the Mets' dominant pitching. Because obviously, I'm sure a lot of people will pick the Mets because their pitching is so good. So I'm really intrigued to see how the Royals' offense handles the pitching. Because I know they're really good against fastballs, and they draw walks, and they're like they're very disciplined in counts, and they get down in the counts. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And I mean, overall, I just it's exciting because 29 and 30 years since 
either one's won a World Series, so it's not like it's not like you have the Cardinals where they won three years ago, or you have the Giants where they won last year. You know, it's like you don't have these teams that like just won, or the Yankees yeah. who have won twenty six times. Like no, we got the Royals who hadn't even been in the playoffs for twenty eight years before last year, and you got the Mets who haven't been in the World Series for fifteen and haven't won the World Series in uh, twenty nine. So it's a good storyline. So no matter what happens, it's going to be fun, and I think it's going to be an excellent series. These games aren't on FS1, right? No, they're on they're Fox. Fox. Yeah. Good, because screw FS1. <laughs> Tell us how you really FS1 feel. No one knows where it is on the stupid dial. That's true. No one no one watches FS1 unless you're forced to, like you are, to watch some of the baseball games. Yeah, I don't get why they got playoff games. It's weird. Because it's Fox. Well, yeah, but screw Fox. And if Fox, has, if Fox wants to promote FS1, they're going to put their games on FS1, not Fox. It's them trying to promote their channel, which is it's just, it's just a joke. I mean, I will say, sidetrack here, they're... Their like daily news show, like Sports Center type thing, is better than Sports Center. That's not hard to do. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, like that was their goal and they achieved it, but they still suck because it's a waste and no one knows the channel because they're in the middle of nowhere in the dial. It's who are the hosts of that? I don't even know. You're not. You're not talking <laughs> about no, those, those two wads on the post game show, right? Not post game stuff. Like their daily, like they do like a daily morning show, okay. like like on ESPN. Okay, I haven't seen that. Because say the other guys like. Jay and Dan, the guy who's really short and the guy who's really tall. Those guys are such losers. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you see, speaking of losers, um, A-Rod on, <laughs> yeah. the football, yes. on the football thing when he threw yeah. football and broke the bottom? <laughs> yeah. that of course he crazy. did. Yeah, Those so steroids. Right. As soon as he hit it, I was like, wait, he just broke that. That was great. I will say, though, I think A-Rod's going to probably have a job after he's done. Yeah, he was a fine... I mean, people liked him as, a, as an analyst, so... Best thing about it, though, best, best thing about that whole thing was Pete Rose said, embrace being hated, buddy, and, like, gave A-Rod a fist bump. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, that's the worst. Great moments. When you get in with Pete Rose, and that's when you know you're, you, you uh, fell down a little bit. <laughs> um, whew, all right, back on track here. Um, for me, I think that the series obviously has a lot to offer, but I'm just intrigued of how, and I know this is kind of like nitty-pitty baseball nerd type thing, but I'm really intrigued of how the Royals handle the Mets pitching and what what their strategy is and what their plan is. Do they swing at the first pitches? Do they let them pitch? I don't think they should. I think you swing at first pitches as much as you possibly can. If you get a pitch, you take it, because with these guys pitching on the Mets, you don't get your pitch that off. Don't want to wait for the strikeouts. Yeah. Exactly, because if you go, you let your pitch go by because you think they're going to miss the strike zone, these guys don't miss that often. They hit their spots. So if you get a good pitch to hit on the first pitch, who cares? Wait. You're going to chase the guys easily if you can get five or six runs early rather than getting the pitch count to 106 through seven. Yeah, if you see a pitch that's yours, just take it. Like you said, they don't miss often. They're very consistent. Who who do you guys think is the best pitcher on that staff? Hmm. I think DeGrom's the best. Because, because Harvey's getting the ball. I was, uh, it's between like, DeGrom and Harvey for sure. I think DeGrom's the best. But he's, yeah, he's been fun to watch. He looks like a little sheepdog. I almost give it to him because of the hair. I love his hair. Sheepdog hair. Because they're pretty even. But I'm also another storyline because I I, could, I I really can't choose, so I'm going to go with this one too. Um, how Matt Harvey pitches? Mm-hmm. Because this guy for so long on a crappy team has been like, oh, I'm Batman and I'm the guy of the city, I'm the king of the city, all this stuff. But like now he's going to get put. He's got the ball game one of the World Series. This is put up our shut up time for this guy because he's told us for so long how good he is, and he told us for so long how he is in control, and everyone over there loves him, and everyone praises him. This is it. This is what Matt Harvey is supposed to be able to do. Take the ball in game one and win. I bet he craps the bed. Nah, I don't think he will. I think he will. 
I don't think you will. Oh, come on. You just want the Royals to win. like. No, but I like I love DeGrom. <laughs> I like Syndergaard. I just don't like Harvey, and I think he's going to blow it. Oh, see, I would love Harvey on, our, on the Red Sox. Mm, he's too much mm. of a child. Oh, but his attitude is so great when he's pitching on the mound. Well, yeah, I know, but well, this, this is actually the terrible. reason I said DeGrom's better, because he's consistent, and Matt Harvey's just kind of all over the place. That's my opinion. But. DeGrom's very consistent. Yes. He doesn't talk. He just goes out there and does his job, and he's just nasty. I love that hair. Flow that hair around. I say you don't need to talk when you have locks like that. <laughs> <You're serious? laughs> like, it's so fluffy and full. It's so fluffy. I'm gonna tell. It really is. And it bounces so much when he pitches too. I'm looking at a picture of him now. It's just so like. I am too. <laughs> like he's standing next to everyone with the volume of those curls and that hair. That's great. You guys are terrible. We're great. You know what he should do? Put it in like a ponytail uh, or like up in a man bun. No, 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 no man uh, bun. His hair is fabulous. You don't want to put that luscious locks into a man bun. Do you think he like gets it permed or like gets it like? No, that's all natural. Really, really takes care of it. <laughs> I've seen a picture of him here in a suit though, and darn, he looks good. He should straighten it for his uh, first oh, World God. Series game. That'd be so weird. It would look like Granky's hair. It would be so long. It would look like Granky only that longer. Is long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be great. And then we could braid it. Put it in pigtails. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, oh, man, the wonders that we talk about here on this show sometimes. Um, but yeah, so besides his hair, which we all know is great, I'm I'm okay with them giving the ball to Harvey on game one because, like Jess said, he's kind of inconsistent and he's kind of a mental case sometimes. Let him show show him your confidence. They've had a back and forth him and the team this year, obviously with the pitch count saga thing going on, and. I think this is this is them saying we're confident you're still our guy. Go win us game one, and then obviously you have depth behind him that if he loses, you're not out of the water. Um, I like the move; it kind of gets you back in the good graces with Matt Harvey, and it gives him a little confidence going into his first start in the World Series because he's been your guy for so long. I just hope he doesn't blow it. I bet he gives up like five runs in like three innings. You're terrible. Watch it happen. Just wait for. Wait for <laughs> it's gonna be seven nothing at the end of the first. Yep. I'll be, I'll be right, guys. I don't, I don't it. want it to be. I'm just saying. I, I'm with you, Jared. I want the Mets. But that's the way that Kansas yeah. City does things. It's like, oh, you have a good pitcher? Okay, we're going to go score 10 runs off him in three innings. But like four times in a row? Four times in a row? Anything can happen. Four good starters. Well, yeah. So the other guys can pitch well, but not Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Is, you stop singling on Harvey. Harvey's going to pitch well. I'm calling it now. Harvey's going to pitch well. He's going to go six solid innings. That's my prediction for game one. All right, we got a duel going on. Next yes, show's like going to be fun. It will be. I'll make sure to crap all over you if he doesn't do well. <laughs> and you can crap all over me if he does. It'll be great. Oh, man. Writing rights on the line. And Lauren can moderate. Perfect. All right, since we, since we kind of brought it up, since we kind of brought it up, let's just kind of throw our predictions out here, make them official, kind of put them on, uh, put them on paper for good. I think everyone can tell already who he thinks is going to win. <laughs> <laughs> to, prove, to prove how wrong we're probably going to be. But... We got, we kind of already obviously discussed who's going to win, but let's get a number down, Jess. What do you got? I get Kansas City in six. I think that they're the better team. I think they're the home team. They got home field advantage because of the the world the uh, All Star game, and well, it turns out they should have home field advantage because they have the better record in the regular season. So that's all good. I think they're going to take advantage of it. They're going to be hungry. They don't want to lose two World Series in a row. It's their year. Book it. Wow. <laughs> no, it's not happening, Lauren. Uh, I'm going Mets in five. Basically, the reasons we already talked about their pitching is really solid. I'm not too worried about Matt Harvey going in game one. And I just think 
I'm not, and I won't be. <laughs> I'm not worried. You can't get inside my head with this. Okay. I just think, and I think, Jess, you're right. Kansas City is going to be hungry, but I think the Mets want it more. See, I think the Mets really want it more, and the pitching is the key. I think the Mets are going to win in seven. This thing's going the distance. It has to go the distance. These two teams are a great matchup for each other. I think that Harvey gets that win in game one, comes back in game five and gets another win, and then game seven, the locks of love, the great hair themselves, um, does something miraculous in game seven. Maybe come out of the bullpen in relief or something. That kind of magic in game seven to win the World Series. You have high hopes for this World Series. (laughs) This World Series is going to be an epic World Series. It's going to be so, over in four games. Probably. Oh, if it's the Mets, I'm okay with it. It's going to be over in three games. Be over tomorrow. They're not even going the to finish the series, City, yeah. The entire Kansas City Royals roster just heals over and, like, croaks and has too many injuries. They just can't finish the series. No, that will be the opposite thing. The Mets will be the ones croaking. Oh, but no, if yeah. the Mets do win, then I want I want DeGrom to, to, win, like, to win the series for them because I love DeGrom. But I don't love him enough to win the series. Yes, you do. Doing something special. No, I'd be okay either way. I do. I like Mets. The Mets uh, story. They've had a great season, but I just don't think they have enough in this series. And you know, they haven't been there in a while. So I think the team that's been there twice in a row is going to be more motivated than the team that just got there for the first time in 15 years. That's what I think. So. Oh, I think that's completely why the Mets would be really motivated. They haven't been there in 15 years. Right, but if they're already good... In the World Series for all of them. Right, but they can think like, oh, we can be like the Royals, and if we don't win this year, we can get back there next year if we're, this, if we're really this good. That's a terrible mindset to go into the World Series with, any, though. I don't think any of them have that mindset. Well, I don't think they do either, but I'm saying that the Royals having that mindset already of being there two years in a row rather than the Mets not knowing what to think because they've never been there. That's but you know what's in the back of the Royals' head, Jess? What? What if we lose? Then we're becoming the Texas Rangers. I don't think Kansas City's worried about what if we lose because they don't think that way. Ned, Ned Yost Texas, is like a they master. Started losing. Ned Yost is a terrible manager. I, I don't know how you can call anybody who's been to two straight World Series a terrible manager. Because he has the roster. John Farrell's not a good manager, but he got to, he won a World Series in 2013. And he gets two in a row. <laughs> yeah, because the roster was bad. Yeah. I don't buy I don't, it. I don't think he's a bad manager, but... There it is. <laughs> there <laughs> not, I am. Not question a lot of decisions. Oh, yeah, he's made a lot of questionable decisions, but I don't think it makes him a bad manager. Do I think he's a better pitching coach? Yes, but yeah. But he's got all these guys to buy in to this team and never think they're going to lose. And I don't know. He just seems confident, and he's always I don't know. He says the right things in his press conferences. He he just seems to do something to keep his guys motivated to keep getting back, coming back for more. I think that makes him a good manager. Yeah, I just, I just question some of the in-game decisions. You just hate just, the Royals, I, let's face it. I know. <laughs> I just don't. What it comes down I, to. Sorry, we, we grew up with the Royals being bad, and they have to stay bad. Okay, I'm just kidding. Not not the real reason, but it's just I don't know. I don't I don't I don't believe in him as a manager, and I, I just think the Mets have the edge, and that's where I'm going. You can cry when Jadios is standing on the podium with the trophy. That'd oh, be great. Man, that'd be that'll, that'll be disgusting. That'll be so awesome. Thirty years of heartbreak over. Yeah. Twenty nine. I wish it was hundred. I wish it was hundred and six years of heartbreak over. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. I think we, I think we all do. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not happening. Um, well, you know, I wanted the Cubs over the over the Royals. I'm just going with the Royals because the Cubs are out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, hey, I picked Mets from day one, so I have to stick with them, right? Big Mets believer. Right. Yeah. 
I love Cespedes, and I'm a big David Wright fan. I, don't, I think a lot of people forget about David Wright on this team, but he's been there forever. He went through all the troubles when they were bad. So he deserves it David, more than anybody. He he deserves the World Series. The rest of the guys forget him, but he deserves it. He deserves it wholeheartedly, especially the year he went through. He wasn't playing for like two thirds of the year, right? And his team kept, picked him up and brought him back to the brought him to the World Series. Now he's gonna he's gonna do something big this this week too. Next next couple weeks. Yeah, he may. He's he's gonna have an impact. The whole whole Mets roster is gonna have an impact. Go Royals. Hey, you gotta appreciate me. I I stick to a team. I stick to that team. I'm acting like I'm a Royals fan for life. <laughs> I know you are. You're you stick, really are. You're, you're very stick to your guns. Hey, you were the one who told me in '04 that you were one of the few who told us that Red that the Red Sox were gonna win that series against the Yankees. Got it. Mm-hmm. And you were right. So. I didn't know you then, but I believe that you said that. I had no idea who you were back then. Yeah, I was a little 13-year-old, and my family friend, Ralph, he's a really good friend, and he's a huge Red Sox fan, too, and we'd always chat Red Sox. And during that series, we were down 3 nothing, and I talked to him, and I said, Ralph, we're going to win We're gonna win this series. Just take it a game at a time, win game four, win game five, win game six, win game seven. And then it happened, and he reminds me about it all the time. He's always like, yeah, remember back in 2004 when you said they were going to win? And I was like, I do. Don't count the socks out yet. 13-year-old Jess, you knew. We win game five, and we got chill tomorrow. And and, don't count the, don't count the socks out yet. Anything can happen. Game six, anything can happen. Yeah. I wish, I, I, and then anything happens in game seven, I miss Kevin Millar. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest quote. The best quote. Don't count those socks out just yet. So this is why you should always believe what I say, because I called that. So thanks. Go Royals. Yeah, I mean, you've been wrong before. I have. But I also got a lot of I got a lot of weeks right this season. Yeah, this record. year you were really good with your predictions. Yeah, so. you went like three or four weeks straight of just being correct, like <laughs> not just the, like not it. just the records, but like the teams and like everything. Not a fan. Not a fan. They don't call me the Red Sox beat manager for no reason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's why the Royals are going to win. I'm going to take it to the house. You know what's crazy? That's crazy. And Jess, you put this up here. Uh, that this World Series ticket is the most expensive <laughs> in history. Isn't that nuts? That's insane. Average price you said was sixteen sixty seven. One thousand six hundred sixty seven dollars for one ticket. Yeah, let me just grab that out of my wallet really quick. And that's <laughs> gonna go and that will go up. You're right, Jess. That will go up. Wait, hold on. Jess, you wrote this here. The ticket going for a million bucks. Yeah. Where was that seat? Uh promenade. The promenade. Left. Yeah, pro- promenade, promenade. Left five thirty eight. Yeah. That is insane. I don't even know where that is, but who would pay a million dollars for that? Somebody probably will. You know, this is this, oh, this, this is the stupidest thing about this. Like what I wrote down here, the cheapest ticket for game three right now was six hundred and sixty six dollars. Please tell me. I am the biggest baseball fan alive. Well probably not, but I'm a, I'm a huge baseball <laughs> fan. We know that. And so so are you guys. But who the heck would ever pay that much money for one baseball game? I don't care what it is. Companies companies buy out tickets. Um, people will splurge. If it was the Red Sox, would you even would you consider it? Not for six hundred dollars. Okay, if I had no. the money, of course, if I had the money. Well, like, yeah, if you had the money, sure. If but I'm if you're rich, like an absolutely. Joe, like, yeah, if you're an average Joe like most people who just want to see a baseball game, well, who has that? Wait, I would it's consider- a thousand dollars to watch nine innings of baseball. The game's over. The game's it. over. Nine innings later, three hours later, you're out a thousand dollars. What a horrible feeling. You're out a lot more than a thousand dollars with parking, food, and booze. That adds up so quick. Right, everything's jacked up with the, the the World Series and the bigness of the game. Yeah, I, I would just feel terrible. Like even being a huge but, baseball fan, I'd be like, "What, what did I just do with my life?" What would be your cutoff for prices, though? Like, what would you pay the most to go? Couple, couple hundred. Hundred, yeah. 
Definitely not more than that. Probably four. Four is my cap. That's too high for me. I'd go like three, three fifty. Yeah, no more than three hundred. That's just ridiculous. You can just watch on TV for free and see a great view. <laughs> why the heck would you go and blow your entire life savings? Have an <laughs> HD, be in the comfort okay, of your home. Okay, if you only home. have four hundred dollars in your life savings at this age, you're probably doing something. Well, wrong. No, I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> the point is that's ridiculous. <laughs> Of course it is, but everyone pays for it. I went to an NBA playoff game at the Garden tw- tw- two times in 2010, and I don't want to tell you how much I paid for those. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you how much I paid for a Stanley Cup ticket, but... Oh, <laughs> it's ruins are already expensive as it is. Yeah. Let me tell you guys something. Oh, what did I do? I went to game two of the 2013 ALCS, David Ortiz's Grand Slam, for $35. You did. I was, in, I was right across the street that night. Yeah? Yep. $35. From where? StubHub, the day before. That's the trick, yeah, though. Yeah, la- la- last-minute tickets are great. That's the That's what I'm saying. trick. You, you pick, like, you can pay $1,000, or you can just pick your spots. And, you know, I didn't go to the World Series game, but I went to the ALCS game, which is almost as good, and I saw one of the best games in history. So you saw, you saw probably one of the best games of the entire, uh, entire series. Run. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's going to be talked about for decades and decades and decades and decades and the, decades. Was that the cop game? Yeah, that was Tori yeah. Hunter flipping over the wall. And that was Tori Hunter Homer, yeah. And I was there for $35. And it was my first playoff game I went to, which was great luck. But, like, pull that off instead of paying, like, 25 paychecks for one game. It's ridiculous. You wrote a great article about that game, too. <laughs> I know. I wrote <laughs> really? a lot of great articles during that, that playoff run. I love that one. Ugh, I should go back and read that. You should. we got to find it online. Just Google it. Yeah, the gatepost. I gotta figure out the name. Right, of what, these these two are reminiscing, because right? <laughs> um, this is what they like to do: get off on side tangents on me. Um, but that that is the World Series. And look, I, I mean, look, I'm people are crazy enough; they're gonna pay those tickets. They are. They're gonna do it. They are. I mean, I. But it's just it's it is ridiculous. I agree. Sit your butt on Every, your couch and enjoy the game. HGTVs are a marvelous thing. That's all I gotta say. But there you go. That is the World Series preview we got for you with all that stuff. And that, of course, is brought to you by DraftKings, your season-long fantasy football team. Maybe going strong, but you don't have to wait until week 16 to get paid. Put your fantasy skills to the test every week this season at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. With one-week fantasy, there are no season-long commitments. You got an injured player? No problem. It's like a new season every week, so you're never stuck with the same players. And get this, DraftKings is crowning a new millionaire every week this season. This means you could turn your love of football into the payday of a lifetime. Pick up players, pile up those points, and pick up your cash. It's that easy. Believe me, you're never ex- you've never experienced football like this before. This isn't fantasy as usual, folks. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use the promo code New England to play for free with your first deposit. In this Sunday's $1 million fantasy football contest, where first place takes home 100 grand, enter New England for free. Entry now at DraftKings.com. Again, that is DraftKings.com. Sadly, guys, I don't win that, ever. Like, I'm still poor. You could th- but take that money and spend it on the World Series ticket. That's my thought. <laughs> yep. One of these days, I'll win, and that's when I'll start splurging. But until then, sadly, I'm not going anywhere big time. Um but let's move on because we do have a few Red Sox things we can get to Yay. after. We talked about the Red Sox. Um, we talked about the Red Sox when we can now. It's the off season, and we'll obviously get to more once the World Series is over. But there is some stuff I want to talk about and we wanted to talk about. Um, first of all, just quickly because this is kind of kind of big news. Um, John Farrell's cancer was well, he's in remission, so he looks like he's going to be back and healthy for spring training, which is great news, guys. 
Yeah, it's, it's great. You, you don't want to hear anything other than that. Especially with Flip Saunders dying today of Hodgkin's lymphoma and Farrell surviving yeah. on Hodgkin's lymphoma. So anytime you survive any cancer, no matter what it is, it's obviously a huge deal. So especially now that we know Farrell's definitely the manager for next year, it's good to see that he's healthy. Obviously, either way, but don't don't want that to sound really bad the way that came out. But <laughs> well, you want um, a healthy man managing your team. <laughs> ex- well, yeah, I know, but I didn't want it to sound like only because he's managing my team, I'm, I want him healthy. Oh, right. so, um, the opposite of that. I'm really. We're all of us at Red Sox are happy that he is he's back and ready to go, and will be ready to go come spring training, and hopefully lead this team to another postseason run, which I need in this town. I'm so sick of not having baseball in the playoffs consistently in this town. I know, like we could be talking about the Red Sox right now on the show instead of the other teams. Because Fenway Park, Fenway Park, is always electric the majority of the season. But playoff baseball, Fenway Park, in this town, we all know how we are. Playoff times in most of our sports. Now, did I tell you about that 2013 LCS game? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't tell me. Oh, David Ortiz had a grand slam. <laughs> anyway, you're the worst. You're just, you're, just, you're stupid. You're a boob. You set that up for me perfectly. You did. You're, you're a boob. You're just talking about Fenway in the playoffs, and we just talked about that, and yeah, you know, I had to bring it up again. Was that the cop game? <laughs> Steve, I don't know. Was Steve Jeff? Morgan was the Tory Hunter's leg flip over the wall? <laughs> I think they did. I lost my mind that night. I think the best, the best moment, one of the best moments, if not the, I think it was the best one. Not, not that moment, but every time Shane Victorino stepped up the bat, and the crowd just went nuts with his walk up music, and then he came up next pitch and just hit a wall, hit a homer, hit that that wall ball that was, off the off, it was just uh, off the monster. It was great. Yeah, that, that was, was like a great series. Yeah. You could sit here and rub it all, but, all show, but I'm not going to do that. But nothing could beat Ortiz's Grand Slam because we were down one nothing. and if we lost that game, 2 nothing series, I don't think they won the World Series. That was the turning point. And it was it, that was the uh, the cop game, right, Jess? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think Hunter. Steve Horgan, yeah, Tori Hunter's legs went over the wall. <laughs> Ortiz hit, headed off Joaquin Benoit, I think. Oh, man. All right, let's move on from reminiscing and John Farrell talk. Great news, of course, coming out of Fenway. Um, the Red Sox made an interesting hire. Um, That's a good way they to say hired, it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a very interesting <laughs> hire. Say the least. Um, they hired Ruben Amaro Jr. to be their first base coach. Um, he was formerly the Phillies uh, GM. Has been an executive forever now, making a decision to join the Red Sox on the field as a first base coach. What is this all about, guys? Why is this happening? Can I just say that who the heck goes from being a GM to a first base coach? That, Why? That's so ra- the most random thing I've ever heard of. When I saw that, I think the same thing. I was like, the only reason I could think of is I, maybe he's trying to get back into some like managerial position. But at the same time, you're already a GM. Like you would get a coaching position somewhere else. Like my thinking is, he has some ties with Dombrowski, and eventually he might work his way back up into the execs here. Or maybe he was just um, totally sick of being a GM. I was like, I want to do something completely different. But I'm with Lauren on this though, Jess. I'm with the fact that it's why first base. Why not just become like a bench coach or right. a bullpen? Like, why the first base coach? It's so random. Wants, I mean, granted, not gonna lie, I would love to be a first base well, coach, yeah. but going from his execs down to that is a weird, 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 weird situation. Could be a hefty pay cut. Yeah, yeah seriously. Oh yeah. yeah. I posted on our page, and I was like, Ruben Meyer Jr., first base coach? Huh? What's this? Do we? Obviously, we don't know how much he's getting paid, but like. Do you think it's probably a higher up salary compared to other first base coaches? It has to be. Probably, yeah. You'd think so. How much does the first base coach make? Do we know? Way more than I'll ever make in my lifetime. <laughs> hey, don't limit yourself. All right. It's okay, Lauren. You'll get a good job. Yep. 
I'm intrigued by that. Jess, will you see if you can find that? I know umpires make like 90000 just starting, so. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Umps make a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. I sh- and they're not technically, and they have like an off season. Like they have other jobs. Well, this is way easier to find than I thought it was going to be. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. Good. Well, look. Okay, well, it says, it says Major League Baseball teams carry five to ten assistant coaches. Wait, what? Okay, okay well, this, you keep well, this is talking about, easy as you No, thought. no, this is talking about... Oh, no, 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 this is, no, no, that's right. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Repeat. Major League Baseball teams carry five to ten assistant coaches, including two base coaches. That's what I read wrong. That's what I'm looking for. A bullpen coach, hitting coach, and pitching coaches. Each earns between 150000 and $700,000 per season. Whoa! Wait. So That's a, he can make one hundred fifty thousand dollars being a first base coach. He can make seven hundred thousand. I'm more concerned about that number. Well, that's okay, probably you know a hitting that's coach what, and pitching coach. Yeah, yeah, you know that's not what he's making. No, I assume the base still, coach at least. Yeah, one hundred fifty. So he's probably making between one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand dollars, maybe even two fifty, because if the Red Sox paid him half to to come here, that's insane. To wave your arm and tell him someone to stop and go and pay attention to the signs. I could do that. And yell back every once in a while, back. And then. Smash back. your helmet into theirs. Like, Go back. Like said. Watch out for uh, fly balls. Right. Make some plays. And maybe have a broken finger every once in a while when you make a play. Catch a foul ball or something. I don't know. Like That's crazy to me. Well, this article says that Dave Duncan, the Cardinals pitching coach, made $750,000 in 2010. Oh. I, be a pitching coach. I'm going to make a career change, guys. Wow. I want to be a coach. Holy crap. Well, Lauren, I don't think you see a lot of women be base coaches, but... Well, this you could be the wow. first. Out there, Jess. Wow. Is, no, wow. that's the first time for everything. I got this. I'm just speaking the truth. Do you see? Actually, you that see, is very true. Now that you say that. Do you see women in the dugout? Like, do you see women on the field? <laughs> no, but women are breaking barriers in other sports. There's NFL refs. There's NFL coaches. Yeah, yeah. There's basketball coaches now. Watch out, because look, you're looking at the next Red Sox bench coach. I hope so. Mark Campbell, <laughs> first female. You just MLB. see me just like hanging out there, like, hi. Hey, you have a better chance of anyone you went to the World Series and stuff. So. Yeah, I did. You also redheads, so that helps. I am. So maybe you will be yep. the first. Let's get, this, let's get this ball rolling. Who do I contact? Yeah. Uh, should you should go to the. You should go to the Red Sox. <laughs> you should go to the Cardinals. You should go to the Miami Marlins because it's hot down there. Like your hair. Like see, I just keep up. <laughs> so many teams. Are you calling her hair hot or the color of her hair hot? Red hot. Well, it's hot like red, like red. Oh, okay. Because it's hot. I that it came out right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just joshing. Yeah, I'm just Jossin, you know. I'm just Jessin. I always say that. People say, I'm just Jossin. I'm like, I'm just Jessin. Just saying. <laughs> it was the bullpen game, guys, right? Yeah. Joaquin Benoit? Oh, man. All right, other news I want to talk about, because you, you brought this up here, Jess, as well, um, past the whole weird Amaro Jr. signing. Um, the Phillies fired Matt Klintak as their GM. He's 35 years old. He was the Angels assistant GM since 2011. Um, kind of young. A lot kind of young of. GMs these days. <laughs> yeah. It's happened numerous times now where guys in their 30s are becoming general managers. It's nuts. But, I mean, they need to, they need to do something, and, he, and maybe he's it, because this, this, this franchise is terrible. Yeah, they needed a shake-up. Yeah, I read that he, since he was the assistant GM to Jerry Depoto in Los Angeles for the last four years, he interviewed to be the Angels GM first, didn't get that, so then he interviewed to be the Phillies GM, and he got that, so... And yeah, he was like, oh, he, I can't remember what the exact job was, but he uh, was involved with Andy McPhail from 2008 to 2011, 
with a job with the uh, the Phillies. So he's he's been around, or maybe it wasn't the Phillies, but with a different team. But he has a connection to Andy McPhail, so that I'm sure that helped in his interview to get the job. So oh, clearly yeah. he was on the path to getting that getting a job like that. So he did. See how he does. I'm intrigued. Um, I don't think the Phillies are going to be good for a while because they started selling off their pieces and they're in full rebuild mode. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. But yeah, he got hired and um, another young exec in the world of baseball. It's becoming a young game. Yeah, seen him more and more these days. The youth clearly didn't help because the Cubs didn't win. No, so. they made it far. I'm sorry, I'm just really bitter about the Cubs losing. It would be funny if they got like 60 wins last year and went like the opposite way. <laughs> you know what's crazy too, before we leave, um, for the week here, the fact that the three best teams in baseball are out, record-wise. Huh. Yeah, all the teams in the same division. <laughs> and they were all in the same division. Wow. Yeah. Cardinals, Pirates, Cubs, see ya. But it's funny because and the Cubs, the Cubs knocked out the Pirates there. and then the Cubs knocked out the Cardinals and then the Cubs got knocked out. It's like one domino at a time. If the Cardinals stayed in, Jess, I know you picked the Cardinals to win the World Series originally. Mm-hmm. Would they be there now? Would they beat the Mets? I don't think so. No? Good. Good man. Way to agree. If they had Carlos Martinez, still maybe. But with that injury, that really hurt them. And Yachty wasn't healthy That's either. True. Yachty he wasn't was healthy too, yeah. They had a full complement. They're better than anybody, but they didn't, so. They'll be back next year. They're always there. Of course. Wouldn't be surprised if they break 100 wins again next year. They got the team to do it. It's the thing they do in St. Louis is break 100 wins consistently. Steven Scotty, too, in the outfield. What a, what a find. He's so good. I just want, like, I just want 90 wins, man. I just want, I just want 85 wins. Man. I'll say I'll fall for 85. <laughs> oh, but see, 85 to 86 probably won't get you in the playoffs. So I want 90. And 90's good. Let's just get 97 like we did in 2013. Oh, the bullpen game. David Ortiz? <laughs> Steve Horgan. <sighs> this episode of Red Sox Beat was brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price because everyone deserves a great night's sleep. Get $50 off any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com backslash Celtics and enter promo code Celtics. Didn't mean to cut you two off, but you could have gone forever. Um, but it's about that time. We're going to get out of here. Um, Wait, are you sure this show wasn't well, brought to you by David Ortiz's Grand Slam? No, it was not. Uh, it, was brought to you by the, it was brought to you by the warm, soothing feelings of the Casper mattresses that Lauren's going to go snuggle on um, to go to bed soon. I prefer That's the warm, she... soothing feelings of David Ortiz's Grand Slam. <laughs> we can put that on a loop for you. <laughs> put it on your TV and just, it's gone in the bullpen. David Ortiz, just, David Ortiz, <laughs> David Ortiz. I'd rather the Bergeron call on loop, mm. but that's just me. Yeah, she already got Lauren ready for bed. There you go. Nice, <laughs> nice in the good mood. Um, but there you go. Red Sox speed another week. Don't forget, of course, you can follow us on 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 Tumblr, Facebook, all that stuff, on the new Twitter handle as well, at Red Sox underscore beat. Biggest thing like I ask you every week, just go on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, and share share the word, spread the word. We're growing, and we're getting bigger, and we're hoping that you guys will come along the ride and share us with all your friends, because I know you think we're great. I don't know why, but you let us do this every week because you guys keep listening, which we appreciate. Um, next week, we'll have some World Series games to talk about the World Series gets going on Tuesday so until next week um, for Jess Thomas Warren Campbell I am Jared Scally enjoy the World Series go Mets like always and uh, we'll talk to you next week